0: Welcome to my podcast, The Awaken Life Project. My name is Monica Matea and I'm transformational health and life coach, helping professional and ambitious people to step into their life with amazing health, clarity, and purpose. The Awaken Life Project has been born out of the dream to create a legacy and inspire hundreds of people to fulfill their potential using not only scientific mindset tools that work, but intuition too. My dream is for you to connect with your body, mind, and spirit on the level you have not yet explored. So are you ready? Hello and welcome back to the next episode of my podcast and today I'm continuing the uh, theme and the topic about sugar diabetes, something that is obviously close to my heart as I'm suffering from type 1 diabetes and I have been for over 25 years now. And, um, and I'm just really um, trying to educate people how they can make lifestyle changes because uh, in order to prevent and also reverse. Now, I'm not a medical specialist, so disclaimer is you always, always have to consult your own doctor before making any changes but this is basically to give you an idea and inspiration so that you don't have to uh, go to the website and keep checking a lot of different things and getting confused and overwhelmed. I also uh, was coaching for over a year in the NHS program Healthy You and that was helping people who have been diagnosed with pre-diabetic conditions to make lifestyle changes so that they could um, prevent and reverse the condition. And in most of the cases, I've coached over 100 people. And that's why I'm talking about case studies and examples, because I, I've i coached those people. I know what was the problem, and therefore I can give you an, an idea. Um, but also, in many, many cases, I help people to reverse the conditions. And why I know that they reverse the conditions, because that was monitored program. So the only way you can find out is that you can um, monitor your glucose uh, your glucose levels and um, your average glucose levels which is basically every three months and because they've measured this at the very beginning at the start of the program and after I think three or six months um, they knew where they were going right um, so it's really uh, proven whether they were going again up or down. And in most of the cases, they were going down. But the thing is, um, a lot of people can achieve that. What is most important is that you achieve it long term. So apart from dietary changes, where a lot of people knew what, what they had to do, and they basically... We're not sure whether they're going in the right direction, they were overwhelmed, but also there were a lot of emotions involved because they felt like I now have to cut down three quarters of the food that I like and I'm not sure if I'm happy about it. And then of course, this was emotional, unemotional. emotional level. nine, nine out of 10 people had problem with getting on with the diagnosis emotionally because it was such a big thing for them and and it was it was difficult and and definitely for many many people therefore it's not only about nutritional advice but it's about acceptance about making the changes not being harsh on yourself really taking this as a long-term journey so that you can build a solid foundation if you build a house you don't want to rush things you want to make sure that you have a solid foundation so it doesn't collapse right but for many people it is a few rounds of this right it's not only okay i get it once and and now i'm off for many people it is few rounds and of course it is getting very exhausting that if you take a second round the third round and the and the fourth round and for most of the people obviously that was about losing weight but not only it's just changing mentally but one of the very most common questions about, oh, I got the diabetes, or I'm pre-diabetic because <clears throat> I've, is it about eating too much sugar? So I want to draw address it because it's a very common myth and mi- misconception <clears throat> about, um, yeah, I ate too much sugar. And therefore, I got diabetes or pre-diabetes. But this is more complex than that, right? So it's not about only sugar. But however, I'll give you an example. So for most of the people, uh, the pre-diabetic condition develops over many, many, many years. It doesn't show up next day. If you, for example, had a lot of sweet things, it doesn't show up the the day after. It shows up after many, usually, years of basically poor dietary choices and lifestyle changes, stresses, putting on weight for pe- for women, especially in perimenopause and menopause. This is such a difficult condition, well, not condition, but phase in a lot of women's life that sugar levels are actually uh, playing a, a massive role because quite often uh, women do put on uh, a bit more weight because, as I mentioned in my previous episode podcast, is about that metabolic health, right? So our metabolism. Um, slows down,s and uh, you know our body is not necessarily uh, considers itself to be the, in a the prime condition because we're not going to get pregnant anymore. So it's it's a bit of like you know how can we reinvent that phase of life and still make it healthy and active and energetic, but really honoring that phase in our life. And it's all about self love, to be honest, and about respect for our own bodies. and understanding that we are not trash cans. We don't have to put a lot of, you know, food and healthy food into our bodies in order just to feel better, right? Because we may, in our 40s and 50s, going through difficult times in our life, um, dealing with elderly parents, maybe uh, relationship problems, maybe problems with children, uh, work, career, burnouts. I mean, you name it, it's probably there. And therefore, people emotionally cannot... Uh, are not ready, especially women, to sometimes manage all of that expectations on themselves. So I really, really highly recommend that you get some help in this, right? Um, And it's not necessarily your friends only. Friends are fantastic just to lend a, a hearing ear, but a professional coaching and sometimes therapy um, can do and help a lot. Now, coming back to the sugar. So I'll give you an example. I was dealing, I was helping a gentleman. He retired, very, very slim and active. And he um, had like a kind of, you know, um, pilot license. So he was, um, yeah, so he as a hobby really um, was flying the planes and so like I have to have health uh test very regularly and I cannot be pre-diabetic because otherwise I lose my license. So he had a lot of you know motivation to do to make changes, right? So um and he was so slim. I said so, like what's the problem? But he was pre diabetic because he showed me the results and it's like Oh my goodness, so like I was surprised Um, and one of the things during coaching was... I was surprised so many times because I got people who were very, very slim and still pre-diabetic or actually diabetic, right? So it's not always related to weight, but quite often it is, but not always. And I was surprised because I didn't know. But it seems like type 2 diabetes is really connected about how our bodies is able to metabolize sugar, especially the free sugar, and i was going to talk about that. And, and it could be, even when you're slim, it it's just you may not have that ability, your body may not have that ability to really um, metabolize the sugar uh, in excessive amounts. So after a while, when we were discussing about, like, say, yeah, I'm a massive uh, sugary, <laughs> uh, sugary things eater. So I eat, you know chocolate and bars but like he didn't have to wear, he didn't have to worry about his weight because he was already slim and he never put a lot of weight but he was eating a lot of those things right so afternoon you know cup of tea with biscuits and all of that so he was consuming a lot of free sugar and it seems like his body was just not able to process that amount of sugar. Although he did not put on weight, he his body said like, "Well, I don't, I don't, um, I can't do it." Right? If you put a lot of things into me like that, so for him it was a simple thing. He had to cut down on all of those free sugar things. And guess what? After three months, his, um came back. He wasn't pre-diabetic anymore. And that was only that one change. So I would say, yes, the free sugar contributes to type 2 diabetes. And I will talk about the free sugar. So all of our food is, uh, a lot of our food actually right now is produced, manufactured, especially those in packets, processed. is manufactured in such a way that it has a lot of free sugar in it. And sugar is found naturally in fruit, vegetables and dairy foods. So some people say, well, I need to cut down on some sweet fruit and vegetables because that's what I've been told, especially on keto diets. But the problem is, even in the UK, most people do not get a recommended five fruit and veg a day. Ask yourself, when did you have actually five fruit and veg? When was it? Was it recently? Was it was yesterday, right? So we don't have it, and now we are asked to cut it down, right? Uh, again, because it potentially has some you know, a bit more sugar than other fruits and vegetables. I, I, I honestly, I feel it's nonsense, and I do. It's not really um, scientifically proven. Of course, everyone is a very bio individual, but most people are fine because fruit and vegetables are eaten as a whole have fiber and therefore it helps better to for the body to actually process the sugar in the fruit. So we don't necessarily have juices and smoothies, but um, we don't if we have a juice, just have a small glass, one hundred and fifty ml a day. Sip it. Just don't drink in one go, for, in one second. Just sip it. If you really have, and have it very savoury juice. The problem with the homemade and shop bought juice is there's a lot of apple juice in it, and it's just not good. I always say, give me water instead of apple juice, and they look at me like that because they know it's not going to taste well, and I know that. But I, you know, I sometimes want it, and I say like, don't give me a, uh, give me water instead of apple juice so we need to cut down on free sugar free sugar for most people what it will do will it will contribute to our weight um gain basically so especially over 40 45 i see it like almost every day if i have an exit like i used to have a little bit more snacks and here and there If I'm not moving and sitting behind my desk, I cannot have snacks. I have to make sure that my free meals are good. And if I have a snack, it's a carrot or a celery uh, or a handful of nuts. That's something that doesn't contribute to my sugar levels because I know I'll put it around my waist. It's going to be converted into excess calories and I'm going to put on weight. So we need to cut down on free sugar and this is biscuits and chocolates but also there is a lot of hidden sugar and i think i was talking about that but in my up and coming challenge for three days i will be talking again about the hidden sugar and where they are in the foods but it's baked beans pasta sauces tomato ketchup yogurts ready meals a lot of drinks are packed with sugar right and a lot of people when i was working with them they cut down all of those and the change was almost immediate right of course we all can do it for two days but it is forever unfortunately and we can find well fortunately, we don't need those foods basically they have no nutritional value as such and we can find healthier replacements again i will be talking about that in my up and coming challenge so we need to dramatically reduce the amount of free sugar in our diet. So instead of chocolate bars, sweets, cakes, biscuits, we just, just choose something healthier. But anyway, I would just cut down on snacks completely, especially if you want forty, about 45. Like we don't need the snacks, right? The problem is we don't have good fully nutritional meals like breakfast for example some people skip breakfast and they have lunch right um if your body can process that fine for some people it's just they cannot function i for if i go and walk and i'm active i have to have breakfast and when i'm at home I sometimes can have it later i don't have it straight away when i'm uh, at least i need to wait two hours after uh Getting up from bed, plus I'm not really that hungry. I may have a cup of coffee, obviously glass of water with lemon. If you have to choose the snacks, pack it yourself and take it with you. So I'm traveling quite a bit and I'm traveling next week again. And I um, I will pack some unsalted nuts, some seeds, obviously uh, I will buy fruits and vegetables like if you go to the look for a ban I want you to have instead of cookie when you go or a croissant when you go and uh, on the move buy a banana and apple right? So you can have a bit of an unsweetened natural yogurt mixed with some chopped fresh fruit and and small handful of nuts. That's what it should be, right? And I always reduce sugar in my recipes. Never add any sugar like says, Oh, add a little bit of sugar to bring up the taste, right? I don't add it. Like I am okay with the taste as it is. I don't need additional sugar in it. Artificial sweetness, I'm skeptic, to be honest. It can help you a little bit at the very beginning, but it's really about the idea of adjusting your palate to less sweetness in your life, like of the free sugar. You still can have a dessert when you go out, but the problem is not in dessert you have once in a while. It's the problem what we eat every day. So obviously... All of the sugary drinks, whether they are with sweeteners or not, should be replaced by water. And, But of course, if you are type 1 diabetics, you may have some um, you know, sugary drinks available when your sugars are going too, too low. This is my current problem where I'm getting quite a bit of different um, hypos. I don't know why um, I'm getting quite a bit and I'm adjusting insulin as uh, a lot. And I think it's just because hormonal changes and all of that. So I'm battling with that because this is where my problem is. Um, when I'm getting older, uh, and I have a lot of hypos, I'm going to eat a lot of free sugars, something that I need to increase my sugar levels, but I don't need it because I'm hungry. Right. And this is a big problem because that's going to be converted to excess calories and therefore contribute to my weight gain. Cooking from scratch—I mean, this is an idea very, very important because we can a save a lot of money, uh, but also make these recipes tastier without, uh, you know, using a lot of different spices, but not necessarily any, not necessarily any sugar. Reduced fat foods—watch out! Don't ever buy or read really uh, carefully the labels because obviously uh, fatty products have that nice um, taste. When they are without the fat, the taste is compensated with additional sugar. Really make sure that you check the labels. So reading the food labels, this is what I'm going to be addressing in my challenge as well. Rule of thumb now is 10 grams of sugar per 100 grams or even going to 8 grams per 100 grams when I look at the packet and you really have to study carefully because there isn't any like a common thing in terms of what is the portion size and what it should be because every, like the it's impo- Like the, the producers will put the labels in but sometimes it's presented so differently that you're getting confused. Um, and this is the traffic light signals again, right? It is... All is about the portion size. Remember that when you have a biscuit, you may have not one biscuit, which could be a portion size, which has, for example, 8 grams of sugar. You may have two biscuits, three biscuits. So suddenly it's not 8 grams, it's 16 grams. It's um, 24 grams, right? So remember, like, what is your portion size you're happy with and check for that portion size what is the sugar intake. And we're going to talk about... um, the food labels because it's such a minefield. So um, they are a lot of sugar is added because we love the sweet taste, most of us. So it's honey, it's sucrose, it's glucose, it's glucose syrup, in dextrose and fructose, and hydrolyzed starch, and corn and maize syrup. All of our, our free sugars and should not be in our food in any case, right? But unfortunately, there isn't any regulation, and and the food is actually. And reached with those sugars whether the 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 food needs it or not most of the time it needs it because it's just lays on or is on the shelves for a very long time so make it um well lasting longer uh, and tasting better so that you can always come back to it it will be there for you right so definitely i encourage you to to basically join my challenge to learn more, because this is so, so important that you educate yourself. um, And instead of, you know, going into hundreds and hundreds of websites, you can join the challenge and learn what you need to learn and in in, and straight away apply in your own life. And that's what it is for the challenges are there to give you like a very uh, small portion of knowledge so that you can apply it this into your everyday life so i live leave the link in the show notes and join me in the up and coming challenge it's going to be in a facebook private group but also you're going to get emails right And uh, on every day of the challenge, I'll I'll try to go live through on the Zoom. The sessions will be recorded, of course. You will be able to watch them later. But you always can ask questions during the challenge. And and I think that is the most valuable thing because I can give you a little bit more personalized um, input because you can ask the question which relates to you. And um, I will be more than happy to have that discussion with you in the group. Take care and have a lovely, lovely week.